npr. i'm sam sanders. it's been a minute. all right, question have you ever sat down with your family at the thanksgiving dinner table said grace or whatever you do and then immediately began to fight with your family? of course you have. things get heated but also hilarious politics and stuff and then at some point maybe you like me said to yourself at that table well dang this could be a movie. I should have pitched that screenplay because now that storyline is a movie and it's coming out this month. The movie is called The Oath. It is directed by and stars Ike Barinholtz. He's an actor and improv comedian who you may have seen before. Ike Barinholtz is best known for his role on The Mindy Project. He plays the weird and lovable nurse Morgan Tookers. Uh, Ike also starred in HBO's Eastbound and Down. And back in the day, he was on Mad TV, a show which I loved. So this new movie, The Oath, it is a political satirical thriller in which a very contentious Thanksgiving dinner with a politically divided family uh, takes a really weird turn and suddenly becomes a life or death situation. Tiffany Haddish plays the wife of Ike Barinholtz's character. Uh, He tells us all about what it's like to work with Tiffany Haddish on set. Also in this conversation, Ike tells me about his Chicago roots and a really strange interaction he had back in the day with one Barack Obama before he was president. All right, Ike and I talked last week, the morning after The Oath premiered at the L.A. Film Festival. I got to go to the premiere. It was a blast. I talked with Ike at uh, NPR West in Culver City, California. Enjoy. Um, So I was there at your premiere. I I watched the movie. Nice to see you in your element. I met you. I geeked out. I'm a I fan. Legit fan. I geeked out. And my out. wife. I mean, it was like... We got to be clear, though. She did come to Fingersfield. We're talking for a while. She likes to be out. And she's like, do you know Steve Rinsky? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'll pass on my regard. Hey, man, listen. Uh, people ask George Clooney if he's friends with Brad Pitt. No, That's just the That's way true. it goes. No, no, I get it. No, she was a sweetheart. Um, you were dressed up, working the red carpet. Do you like that kind of stuff? The getting um, ghosted up? <laughs> I'm not a big uh, fancy dresser type of guy, but it's part of the you know part of the deal, and it is it is like fun. And my parents come in town, and oh, that's nice. you know they get hair and makeup done. Hell my yeah. dad gets a lot of makeup done, and uh, awesome. whatever we, it takes. We go, uh, you know, it's 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 fun to go, and you always see some fans there and stuff. So it it is fun and exhilarating, but it also is fun to kind of come home at the end of the night. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, think could talk about yeah. it and stuff. Was well, this one different because it was your first time directing the movie? Definitely, I'm always just kind of you know an actor for hire usually. So when <laughs> yeah. you go, it's you know you're proud of the movie or you're not. Proud out of the movie but it's you're just a small part of it and you can either take as much credit or have kind of you know mm-hmm. no accountability and yeah. just kind of show up for the party and stuff but for this one because it is this movie is so kind of you know personal to me and something I've been working on for for almost a year uh it's it's yeah this is this I'm going to give it all I got yeah, yeah. I could tell yeah. you were working I was working you were working I was talking to everyone you got to you got to you got to do it man so let's describe this film for our listeners without Spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. So if you can imagine a politically charged America that is incredibly divided. I can imagine that. Uh, but <laughs> but there's a, there's a, there's a presidential uh, administration that's that's obsessed with loyalty. And they have introduced a – it's not compulsory, but it's a highly suggested um, loyalty oath. Mm-hmm. So uh, the deadline to sign it is the uh, uh, Friday after Thanksgiving. Black, Black Friday. Friday. Everyone's favorite holiday. <laughs> yeah. And so the whole movie takes place during that week of Thanksgiving. And, and uh, my character, Chris, uh, is very liberal. 
and very upset by what's yeah. going on and very yeah. uh, consumed by the 24-hour news cycle. And his wife is Tiffany Haddish. <clears throat> uh, her, the character is Kai. She's played by Tiffany Haddish. I, don't, I, I would also That love... would be kind of fun, too. <laughs> she's like in the middle of the movie, she's like, hey, I have to go to a premiere for Girls Trip. Exactly. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. And she's kind of, you know, trying to keep the family together and just trying to do her best to keep going forward and we have everyone coming to the house mom dad brother sister conservative brother conservative brother uh slightly left of center sister kind of the whole family's all over the map and the first kind of half of the movie is really all about you know trying your best to not talk about politics at the holiday table yes let's leave it there I guess. let's leave it there yeah did your family thanksgivings inspire this at all it actually did uh it was right the Thanksgiving right after the 2016 election. That was a hot one. It was a hot one, man. People <laughs> didn't know what to think. Yeah. <laughs> they were all shell-shocked. Yeah. And after dinner, the three of us kind of got in this argument. And there was a little bit of wine involved. But, you know, what struck me about the argument was that we were all on the same side. We all voted for the same person rather enthusiastically. Mm. I think my brother, his kind of position, he was a little more of a Bernie Sanders guy. And I think his position was, you know, well, Bernie could have won this. <clears throat> and... You know, my mom lives in, in South Central Ohio, and she, you know, was saying, well, they forgot about the Midwest. They gave up the Midwest, which is ridiculous. And I was kind of like, well, it's Comey's fault in this. And it just struck me that if we are all so aligned and not voting for the same person, voted for the same person, and we're fighting, yeah. what's going on to other tables around the country? Yeah. And, and so I, I knew that that arena would be like a really fun area for us to explore. And I knew it could be funny and potentially explosive. Yeah. So that Thanksgiving with your family, 2016, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was more heated at the ones before. But like growing up, was your Thanksgiving table cray cray? It was no, it wasn't. It was really, you know, it was it was you know, uh, I was doing press with Tiffany yesterday, and they asked us, you know, what was your craziest Thanksgiving? And my, you know, I told them, I said, well, one a couple of years ago, I, I was uh, taking my stuffing out of the. I cooked the whole dinner with my mom. Oh, wow. a lot of people come. What's in your stuffing? Don't say the okay. crumbs or the oysters or whatever. That's crazy. No, no, no. That's well, that's crazy, but that's not as crazy as raisins. There are Who people, does that? Oh, no, no, no. So there are people that put raisins in their stuffing, <laughs> and cornbread stuffing or bust. I digress. Okay, I have t- t- two things to say. One, I do a real traditional stuffing with sausage and sourdough bread, but I do another one that's my invention. Oh, I take pastrami, good pastrami. You got me. And I chop I'm it in. up and yeah. I saute it with some yellow mustard and sauerkraut. Sauteed pastrami. Yeah. Sauteing and already cured meat. Already cured I meat. See you. Yep. You see what I'm doing? I see you. you know where this is going. Oh, yeah. And then I mix it with rye bread and I put some Swiss cheese on it and it <sighs> tastes like a Reuben. It's a Reuben stuffing. Oh my God. It's the greatest thing in the world. What Look time are you this. coming over? I have to listen. The Uber's here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so this this a couple years ago I I, uh, I took my stuffing out and I poured like room temp chicken stock on it and the Pyrex dish shattered and I turned to my wife and I was like next year we're going to Hawaii and she was like uh, fine this is your family whatever you want to do I don't care <laughs> so I told that story and then Tiffany Haddish goes yeah uh, someone got stabbed in my house and the police came and I was like that's wow. a better that's a better story just, it's a, just a better <laughs> just story a little bit. it's a better story <laughs> Wow. Uh, ours was really more just growing up in Chicago with a, a relatively liberal family politics that wasn't what we argued about yeah, yeah. yeah. what I love about the movie and you mentioned um, that it, it 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 makes us all think about how and when and how much we should talk about politics. Mm-hmm. I covered the last election, mm-hmm. and my whole mo throughout was like, people should talk about it more, yeah, because this stuff shapes the nation, mm-hmm. and we put the hard stuff to the side or only preach to the choir. We yep. should talk about it more. But now, <laughs> I'm usually like, everyone just shut up. <laughs> I mean, I was like you. I was the guy for a good year and a half that. 
sit down at dinner with some friends. First thing I want to talk about, can you believe this? Yeah. This is insane. And I did have that thing where I was like, I don't understand how people are not talking about this. Yes. What is bigger? What's a bigger news story in your or my lifetime than what's yes. happening now? There's not one There's in not my one. opinion. So I, I, I was getting frustrated at people's frustration with me talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I recently... I recently started trying to find that balance a little bit yeah. and like if you are just if you are just on Twitter all day and you're It'll just you're just raise giving, your blood pressure it raises your blood pressure and I think you know when I wrote the movie I was like I want to put myself in the head of Chris my character who really is obsessive and and he's consumed by the cycle so I had CNN, Fox News, MSNBC on twenty four seven when I was writing it, and it oh that makes you crazy too. So, <laughs> so it's not just young people on Twitter who are just reading, you know, yeah. article after article, and, and their brain can't take it all. Yeah. It's also like older people who are sitting at home and watching cable news all day, all and so you're getting the same kind of story, but just told through different filters, and it, 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 it just it starts to eat you. It's almost like Venom, you know, the yes. comic Venom. It just yeah. Venom takes you yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. Your character's wife, yes, is played by Tiffany Haddish. Yes, independent actress. No, I'm breaking her. No one's ever heard of her. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to show her to the world. You guys heard it here first. Yeah, little young uh, budding star named and Tiffany Haddish. She's an ingenue. Yes, and I'm excited for you to see what she's got. I'm glad you found her. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, I love the quirky, cute romance between these two characters. But I also the whole time I was like, what is the backstory of how these two characters met? Mm. How does Ike's character meet Tiffany's character oh, in this movie. That's very good. I mean, <laughs> when we were kind of going through the mythology, you know, uh, I, I I imagine we, we met through friends. And I know it's kind okay. of generic, but um, <laughs> our kind of backstory is that we were definitely like a progressive couple. We loved to travel. There's a lot of like little posters in the movie from like countries you've gone to and oh, like yeah, little yeah. pictures of us and stuff. Yeah. And and uh, it is a, a, a slightly romantic story, but... Um, Right after we first meet them, um, I really wanted to show the wear and tear that that she was going through with him mm-hmm. um, because that was very, very much based off of my wife. Oh, really? Yeah. How so? Who, well, my wife, who is is you know politically active, and she goes to the marches and has very and strong opinions to and listens to NPR. Um, is Steven keep here today, though? She does. Come I, on in, Steve. There he is. <laughs> um, uh, uh, um, there was one morning where. It was like six twenty-five in the morning, and I, uh, she was in bed next to me, and she was breastfeeding our, our newborn. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some article that was, you know, I'm like, not helping, not helping, bother your child. And I turned to her, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was not being present. And I turned to her, and I said, just very like, you know, morosely, uh, America's lost. And she was like, dude, it is six twenty-five a.m. I'm breastfeeding. That's I have two. an animal clamped to my teat. <laughs> Let me alone. This is the most basic uh, <laughs> use of nature here, uh, uh, but but um, yeah, I, she she I was kind of making her crazy. I okay. was kind of like, with she'd be playing with our like grown daughter, and I'd be like, <laughs> look at this, look at this article. She's like, dude, can you just chill out. Just so I, I wanted to kind of show that wear and tear where you you have this couple who do love each other and they are aligned, you know, socially and politically and stuff. But one is just allowed himself to be consumed by the machine mm-hmm. and one is not. And, mm-hmm. and that is, that makes things not compatible. So they're in kind of a bad place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was interesting with Tiffany Haddish to cast her. I've been such a big fan of her since yeah. I first saw her in the movie Keanu, the Jordan yeah. Peele movie. Yeah. Underrated classic. Yeah. Cla- uh, the scene cla- when Jordan is in the car with the gangsters and they're singing. Well, Jordan that's Keegan. Keegan. Meanwhile, yes, Jordan's in the house with yes. selling drugs to Anna Ferris, 
who gets murdered. Yes. <laughs> it's like the, oh, while the other one is singing George Michael in the singing car. George Michael God, singing Fred Ninety Four. That movie is amazing. Yes. Underrated classic. Um, but I saw her in that. And I was like, oh, she's so good. She's so real. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to be married to her in a movie one day. <laughs> yeah. And 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 people love her. You know what I mean? There's yeah. not a lot of people who 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 have her energy and then also too when you talk to her and you hear about like where she came from and how hard she's worked and struggled she's just she truly is uh, a joy that's why people connect with her what is she like on set I always pride myself on being like the most likable guy on set and like <laughs> compared to her uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm like Alex Jones like, you know what I mean? like 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 she is so much funnier and just more exciting and 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 you know she she quite frankly she was she agreed to do the movie right after Girls Trip came out, right as she started oh. getting famous. And then by so the time she could have been we, like, I don't need y'all. Oh, I kept waiting for that phone call. She's like, Hey, so I met Steven Spielberg and I gotta go. <laughs> but like she kind of spearheaded the taking the cast into this small room on set and sitting in this tiny room and talking and telling stories oh, and wow. shooting videos and she invited the whole cast to DJ Khaled's birthday party at Diddy's whoa, house. Whoa, 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 I, yeah, whoa. I know. And I wasn't even invited. <laughs> like I was shooting all day and then they're all leaving. Like, Where are you guys going? Like, oh, we're gonna go to uh, DJ. Khaled's birthday at Diddy's house. I was like, what? what? Like, just met. <laughs> Diddy, Khaled, and Tiffany Haddish in one room. The charisma would cause the room to explode. It's too much. Like a hole just like it opens. It's like a giant sinkhole. Yeah, like I'm surprised Laurel Canyon didn't just open up and <laughs> go into the earth. Uh, but yeah, she was just everyone's favorite wow. and she 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 showed up in such a big way and uh, I, I just cannot wait to work with her again. Yeah. yeah. All right, time for a quick break. When we come back, how Ike's good friend Mindy Kaling gave him a big leg up early in his career after they found each other on Twitter. BRB. Support for NPR and the following message come from ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for you and actively invites them to apply. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on hiring sites with over a 1,000 reviews on Trustpilot. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash minute. On the latest Planet Money, a special report inside the business of asylum. We go inside an underground network of professional story writers, coaches, and scammers gaming the asylum system. And how the FBI... Crackdown. That's on the latest Planet Money. Speaking of women in your life, um, another strong woman uh, who's been a part of your career is Mindy Kaling. Yes, she was there friend. last night. She was there last night. Looked beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's uh, she's the best. She really is. Um, you know, I I was a huge fan of The Office. I really think it is truly Same. the American. I like the British Office too, but the American Office. No, there was a heart in the American Office. That I think the British one didn't have. Absolutely. The British one's very cold. Yes. And it's, listen, it's great. It changed the yes. game. It's got some of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But I truly find the American one to be oh, much richer, yeah. much more heart. Um, but I was a huge fan of hers. And yeah. and she first reached out to me when I did this show called Eastbound and Down. Oh, yeah. A, this crazy show yeah. with Danny McBride. And she um, she tweeted at me and she's like, I like this show. This guy's funny. And, and so right when she was... Um, 
developing her show and she was looking for, to hire writers, we got a chance to the meet The Mindy her. Project. Uh, the Mindy Project, yeah. And and my writing partner, Dave Stassen, and I, is one of my oldest friends, we met with her and, and she we just really got along and thought she was so cool and funny and, and, and she hired us as writers onto the show. And very quickly she was like, I think you should be on the show as an actor. And I thought I would, you know, like have like a part, like once every three episodes, I'm like some janitor who like waves, you know what I mean? Yeah. But she wrote this just hilarious, I'll never forget when she gave me the sides and right away I saw this character who was this like male nurse who's like very good at his job, but is also like a complete loser and, 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 but strangely high status, you yeah. know what I mean? And just and, like his whole thing is just like clumsy he just clumsy like, pathos he just yeah. wants to he, he'll give he'll, he'll meet you and kiss you on the lips yeah he lives with like 37 dogs and stuff he's just this crazy character and but like pure of heart pure of heart like and and very um uh loyal yes. to mindy like yeah. like she'll yeah. he'll do anything oh, yeah. for her right oh, yeah. so she wrote this part for me and and just gave me this huge opportunity and god bless her i i you know on, on to get on network tv you have to go through a, like a really rigorous process called yeah. testing, right? Where you first have to go and test with this group and then you have to test with the studio that is producing the show and then you have to test for the network okay. airing the show and, and at any point you can get cut. Yeah. yeah, man, I tested for, oh God, 15, 20 shows. And just really? I always got to the network mm-hmm. level and then they were always just like, eh. Huh. But Mindy, when she wrote this part, like she didn't make me audition for it and she went to... It was Fox. And yeah. We were on Fox, and she goes, "Hey, man, this guy's playing this part. He has to do it." Wow. And so she really went to bat for me. And then when the character got on the air, it just clicked with her character, yeah. and and he became this part of the show. And I'm just couldn't be. That's why every paycheck I get, I give her fifteen percent. I'm gonna start doing that too. Feels you know, right. Good. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> she she you know she needs stuff, and then yeah. I'm happy to help. And she gave you notes on the movie. She did, you know. I, I early on when I had early cuts of the oath going, um, it's so important to get feedback, and yeah. that's the great thing about you know being in town is you have access to friends who are filmmakers and creators and stuff. Yeah. So um, I had like a real special screening one day for her and uh, my friend Liz Kakowski, who's a brilliant writer, and Seth Rogen and Jordan Peele, and it was really exhilarating to show them the movie and have them react to it, and they all gave me. Such good different notes that we implemented, yeah. and and yeah, she really. Which note from your friends, like Seth Rogen and Kaylee, made you say, "Don't be an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that note? Um, on, honestly, the the, the 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 one kind of note that they all had that I was a slightly resistant to at first was I was dead set on this movie not having any kind of score. Like I quiet, quiet. Cast I wanted away. Ca- cast away. I love Sidney Lumet, the late Sidney Lumet. Yeah. I love his movies, yeah. and they do not have scores. They just don't. Like okay. Dog Day Afternoon does not have a score. Network does not have a score. He yeah. uses this kind of soundscape. So I wanted. I was really kind of dead set on that. And then they were all like, "You should do something." And Jordan was like, "Just do experiment. Like yeah. take a day and just mess around." And my my sound designer is a. And composer is a guy named Brett Mazur, lead singer of the band Crazy Town. Stop. Come, my lady. Come, come, Are you lady. serious? Yeah, yeah. Great, cool, super cool Play rock. Play that up guy. next movie, buddy. I need to have some Crazy Town <laughs> in these soundtracks. He just kept pitching Crazy Town songs. I'm like, listen, <laughs> Brett, it doesn't fit. Uh, but we spent, you know, a, a good chunk of time just kind of trying to figure out some ways. And one day he just 
developed this weird kind of almost like a theremin type of weird echoey thing and, yeah. and we decided to kind of layer it in and I think it added a lot to it so that was the one note that I was kind of resistant and they were all right and I folded yeah. but they all gave me like Mindy gave me a big note to cut a scene kind of towards the end that was totally unnecessary uh, Jordan gave me a great note where he said you know you have this movie that has this weaving back in between comedy and, yeah. and thriller and stuff and he goes you know you have this great scary moment and you have a funny joke to undercut it and and in your instinct as a comedian, you're having another joke there, and and it's it's kind of taking away from the A side, the thriller side of it. So hmm. go through and kind of find some of those, you know, the hat on a hat as we call it in, yeah. in comedy writing, and yeah. kind of lose those. And Seth Rogen gave me a great practical note, which was, he's like, um, you uh, you know, when you're uh, directing a movie uh, and you're acting, that's it, a good Seth Rogen. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. Uh, and I also smoked a couple joints before I came in here, just to get in character. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> uh, I know he said to me, and I'm not going to do the impression. He said, you, "You, you know, you when you're acting in your own movie, your instinct is to, you know, you do a take or two. You're like, I got it, let's move on. He's like, you don't got it. Mm. You, you're outside your head, mm. and you're thinking about a lot of stuff. So you're normally, if you're just an actor, you're singularly focused on that, but you're thinking about a lot of different stuff. So make sure you give yourself more space. Uh-huh. Give yourself an extra take or two. And, yeah. and again, when I went through. And did like the final edit. I was like, there are. I'm using some of the fourth and fifth takes as opposed to the first and second takes. Mm-hmm. So that was a great practical note. So, the point of this all is, I have really nice friends. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. All right, time for one more break. Stick around to hear about Ike's days brushing shoulders with a very well known community organizer from Chicago. All right, BRB. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Netflix and their upcoming film, Hold the Dark, a gripping psychological thriller directed by Jeremy Solnier. Revenge and horror unfold in the treacherous Alaskan wilderness when a retired wolf expert is summoned to investigate a child's disappearance. A riveting examination of human nature and the mysteries of the wilderness. Starring Jeffrey Wright, Alexander Skarsgård, and Riley Keough. Watch the new film, Hold the Dark, now only on Netflix. Hey, it's Jesse from Bullseye. Jack Black and Kyle Gass are back as Tenacious D, mature, sophisticated masters at the peak of their craft. Feels like we're, hey, you know what? It feels like hey. we're finally grown up. Yeah, grossed up. We're finally all grossed up, Cage. New episodes every Monday on Bullseye. I, I, I want to talk about your entire childhood, but we Please. can't do all that. But um, I mean, let's start in the beginning. Chicago. 1977. Oh. Rush Presbyterian Hospital. Actually, I think Northwestern Hospital. That's not Where is that? Other. In Evans? No, I grew oh. up in the city. I grew up in Uptown. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Rogers Park, but we moved to uh, Uptown, or they call it Lakeview, yeah. uh, when I was like six. Yeah. Right by Wrigley Field. Go Cubs. What kind of comedy were you watching growing up? I'm, I, I'm guessing you had to be watching a ton of comedy. Yeah. My, uh, my family was very uh, nurturing when it came to comedy, and really all film. Um, you know, these days, like, we'll say, like, oh, I don't know if our daughter's ready for Mulan. <laughs> you know, but my parents were like, oh, do you want to watch Trading Places, you five-year-old boy? <laughs> do it. And and so they, you know, they really, um, SNL was a big thing in our house. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Um, so Eddie uh, Murphy theme. Eddie here. Murphy. Uh, uh, well, vacation. We were big yeah. vacation people. Yeah. Um, so they really kind of let us watch a lot. What about vacation made you love it? Um, first of all, my dad physically looked like and acted like Chevy Chase. Okay. And, in a good way or a bad in, way? In a good way. Okay. Only okay. the good okay. Chevy. Okay. Not, not the current bad no, Chevy. No, no. Did you read that Washington Post profile of him? It was like 
so awful. Yeah. So, Chevy's, you know, not to make it all about Chevy, but I, Chevy's a guy who's just been kind of sad to watch this guy who was, I think, the Legendary. funniest yes. man in America. It was yeah. like so funny and yeah. so like relatable and sexy and cool and, and just the word to describe his comedy is just like effortless. Just like yes. effortless. Even yes. when he does like a complicated pratfall, it just yes. seems easy. And to kind of watch him kind of just did, you know, well, did turn into It also confirms the my theory that like no matter how big you get, you have to have like three or four folks close to you who aren't afraid to say, "Go sit down now." Yeah, it's time. You need friends to slap you around a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but 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 vacation. I lo- I, lo- I loved. Um, first of all, it's just a great script. It's so simple. John Hughes, I think, is arguably the greatest screenwriter of all time. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. So the story is so simple. Um, some incredibly hard jokes in that movie, mm-hmm. like very hardcore jokes that mm-hmm. even at a young age, I was like, whoa, she kissed her dad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, um, but it, 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 it was just, it was one of those movies where every time I watched it, it just, you keep, it just got funnier and funnier. What thing or motif or stylistic whatever from that movie, Vacation, are you trying to work into your film work? Um, I think that feeling of uh, relatability, of r- relatable family stress. Mm. Um, in, in vacation, the scenes that I like the best are where he's d- disgusted with Randy Quaid, or his wife is yelling at him, and or the kids are fighting. Um, I think that was a big part of it too. It's just as a little kid, having been driven around in the car by my parents, and my brother and I are fighting. Yeah, and they're yelling at us like you just you feel relatable. Yes. Right? So so taking that kind of family feeling, like you are this fly in the wall, watching this kind of seemingly ordinary families start to kind of go insane a little bit yeah. and crack under the stress. Yeah. You know, it's actually very oath. similar. Now I think about it, like <laughs> it, it ends with, you know, the hero holding a gun. <laughs> uh, so you're into comedy as a kid. Your family yeah. supports it. You end up going to what, BU for a year? I went to BU for a year. I, I, like... I, was, I, I, I loved school. Sure you but did. But I hated studying. And so I that's loved, not how it works. I know, I, I know. But I love talk. I loved my teachers. Yeah. I loved talking to my teachers. All right. I loved Boston, but BU just wasn't for me. And I think I went through. I had this kind of, I would say, an epiphany, but it wasn't like an aha moment. It was just kind of more of this, like, okay, I came to this school wanting to be a politician, and well, really, yeah, yeah. I was very, very taken with politics my mm-hmm. whole life. My mm-hmm. dad. Growing up in Chicago, my dad was kind of involved marginally in some some local politics. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago's broken up into wards. Yeah. Each ward has an alderman. My dad was kind of friendly with the alderman. So on election day, I would go to the polling places and eat the donuts and yeah. talk to the candidates. I thought it was so cool and glamorous. And I really still kind of, I didn't smoke pot in high school once because I wanted to be president. I watched Bill Clinton <laughs> go through this. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then as I got to college, and I knew that just didn't seem possible to me for some reason but I did love movies so much I, I loved them I loved I, I, I locked myself in my dorm for a couple of weeks and just watched a bunch of movies in a row over huh. and over again and I kind of came out of that being like I, I, not, I know I'm not going to last long at this school mm-hmm. and the other option is you know go to a different school and try harder or just just figure something out yeah. and and there was a bit of a uh, you're fired I quit situation mm-hmm. with the school and mm-hmm. then I, I went back home to Chicago and my parents were pretty you know freaked out because yeah. they you know obviously wanted wanted the best for me and then they knew i liked acting a little bit so my dad took me to the improv olympics 25th or no i'm sorry it was the 15th anniversary okay. show at the vic theater and i'd never seen real improv before mm-hmm. and i went and 
I was just blown away. That mm-hmm. was an epiphanal moment where yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'm feeling something. I remember seeing Amy Poehler and oh, wow. Adam McKay. And the person really who was so funny, he came out and did this scene and it was Tim Meadows. Oh, yeah. And he came out and was and did the scene. and The he, ladies' man. The ladies' man. <laughs> and he was so funny in the scene. And uh-huh. it, it, to be honest, the scene didn't even get a, a lot of laughs, but it was so – he was using the very specific references that yeah, I yeah. use. And he was getting some laughs off of it. And I thought, oh, my I, – I, I, I could do this. I could see okay. myself doing this. So it was – I think the next week I signed up for classes at, huh. at I.O. and Second City and the Annoyance Theater, which is this great kind you of – You class at three. I signed up at all three. Wow. Yeah, I, I ch- completely jumped in. I had a day job, but I, I every night- What I was would, a day job? I was working for the Chicago Transit Authority. I read that. Yeah, uh, I was working you, for the marketing department. You drove Valerie Jarrett around? <laughs> I did drive Val. I did. Valerie Jarrett, who was a senior advisor to Barack Obama when he was in the White House. But before that, when she was in Chicago with CTA, she was the- She was the chairwoman of the CTA. Oh, yeah, okay. she was the chairwoman. And every once in a while when she would kind of come in, I would- Go and pick her up, and uh, I don't know why we didn't take the train. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but uh, was she but, cool? Yeah. yeah, she was. She was. You know, I was like a eighteen-year-old <laughs> idiot listening to Howard Stern on my transistor radio. I didn't know. You know, um, yeah. it was so funny too because at the same time, there's this uh, gym, kind of nice gym, right around the corner from the CTA. CTA is in the Merchandise Mart, and behind there's this really beautiful gym mm-hmm. called the East Bank Club, mm-hmm. and they have two full basketball courts. I okay. love basketball. Yeah. And I would go on my lunch break or I'd go after work and me and all my friends would play. Mm-hmm. And Stop. Yeah. Barack Obama. Yeah. I hear he's not actually that good at basketball. No, he's not bad. Uh, he's you, not, well, no. you have to say he's, that. Because <laughs> he's a dear friend. Uh, no, no. He, he, um, he wasn't bad. He, he, he wasn't like a, you know, a stud on the court. But we just saw him all the time. And, and yeah. I think one time I asked him, I'm, I was like, are you a politician? And he's like... I'm a local rep. I'm working. I I got bored. You know, I was like, oh, but I'll, I'll see you never. He did yell at my partner one time though. Why? Because he my he went up. And my partner kind of hacked him. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna curse. So get do it. Be, but he he comes down and points his finger at my friend's this is Obama. face. This is Bar- President Barack yeah. Obama, and he goes, "Don't f- undercut me, kid. Don't do that again." And I was like, <laughs> and now like uh, I just then like cut to 2002. My dad's like, "Hey, I think he's gonna be our senator." <laughs> He's great. We love him. And then he, I watched him do that 2004 speech. Oh it's this God. defining moment in American politics. This man is speaking from the heart and, and, and creating a movement. And all I can think of is, don't f- undercut me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I was, I, was, I was doing that during the day. And, and, and then at night, I would take classes. And on the weekend, took, I, I, I was a busboy at Second City. And I would you know, uh, wipe up the vomit from the kids that puke because they drank too much. Oh, and I would, then I would watch Tina Fey. And I yeah. would watch... Rachel Dratch and uh, Brian Stack, all these great performers, and I really, you know, uh, I just, I just kind of immersed myself in the Chicago improv community, yeah. which is really my—that's my acting school, that's my training, that's yeah. where I come from. Yeah. Our time is coming to a close, but I promise the next time you're on the show, you're yes. going to tell me all about the crazy adventures you, Seth Meyers, Jordan Peele, Jason Sudeikis got into when you did sketch comedy in Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Holland. Make that a movie. We're trying to. It's right now. Really? It's, it's a hard NC seventeen. No, <laughs> I, I eventually it, it could be like a fun movie, um, but it was that was a theater called Boom Chicago. And it's, why were they in Amsterdam? Well, it's it was three guys who were Northwestern students, and they were backpacking through Holland, and they were like, "We love it here, but the comedy's terrible. Let's do a Second City style show here." So they called it, you know, Chicago for Chicago, and uh-huh. boom, no one knows why. It's such a weird name, but and it started off just the three of these guys in the back of a bar, and huh. by the time I got there, you know, in in '99, 
it was big. It was a dinner theater through two, three hundred seats, and 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 the prime minister would come, and, and it was crazy. It was. Do they laugh at jokes as much as we do up there? Uh, they 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 don't laugh as hard as we do. Okay. Um, they're very honest. All right. You know, uh, after the show, they would make us go and talk to the audience, go and schmooze. Literally in your contract, you had to schmooze. Yeah. And those Dutch man, you know, Americans, you'll be like, I loved it. And yeah. Like, oh, what was your favorite part? The whole thing was great. Yeah. And the Dutch are just like, um, the show was not bad. Um, your black friend was very funny. Uh, you you had the song that did not uh, was not good, but uh, well, will I come back? Possibly. So it was like that. You're like, thank you. I appreciate and that. That, by the way, is like a glowing review. Like, so they're just a very honest and some might say stark or severe yeah. kind of uh, yeah. people. But uh, I really do love uh, the Dutch. I was just there. We had our 25th anniversary there. Uh, like a month ago, so we all went back and. Oh, I was, was like, not your marriage. Okay. No, no. This... no. Yes, I, I got. I was a child uh, groom. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. The uh, comedy but... crew. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Right. And it was it was a fun time. I love it. Yeah. Ike, thank you. Thanks for letting me watch the film. Go to the premiere. Talk with you today. Um, I look forward to your next movie, which is the rom com featuring you and Tiffany Haddish. Oh. If only. <laughs> Do it. That's the name of it. If only. If only. Ooh. Oh. Right here first. Uh, the credit is mine. Yes. And if you try to take it, I will, I will sue you. Trademark circle. To. There we go. Copyright. Sam, yes. thanks so much for having me. Thank now. you. It's a blast. Thanks again to Ike Barinholtz. Uh, you can see The Oath in theaters starting October 12th. Uh, also, be nice to each other at Thanksgiving, people. All right. We're back on Friday with our regular weekly wrap. For that episode, as with all of our Friday episodes, send me the best thing that's happened to you all week. Record yourself. Send that file to me at samsanders at npr.org. samsanders at npr.org. You might hear yourself in the podcast and also on the radio. Okay, until then, thanks for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. Listener.